Kicking off a Tuesday night with you guys and gals. It could be Wednesday morning. It could be three weeks from now. I get email every once in a while. I got an email today from somebody in the audience. Hey, Frank. I just wanted to say I love the Valentine's Day show. Uh, I haven't been able to watch in a little while, so I'm playing a lot of catch up. And it was so great to see Lauren and Aurora in the studio. So some of you are still uh, a month behind. So who knows when you'll probably get to... March 14th uh, in the middle of April and that's fine too that's why uh, so whenever you are listening to this whatever century it's good to have you it's good to have you and um, depending on how far in the future you are it's good to have laid the groundwork down and I hope it didn't turn out too badly so I have some things here tonight uh, I have some things here tonight I would like to do with you. I'd like to open up the lines. It's going to be a shorter show, but not as short as I thought it was going to be because the guys from the band are going to get here around 8.30. So I won't have to get off around 8.10. So we're, we're going to be able to take a lot more calls. I have a couple of threads here. A couple other things kind of disturbing. Social, social commentary tonight. And we should be able to expand on that and just that, just talk. That's what the real bread and butter of the show is, social commentary. And I want to take some calls. I was going to do this one thing. I had found this, this video of a, a, a baby in, I think, in Beijing or somewhere in China that had a parasitic twin a twin baby like this child's brother would have been brother or sister you know how sometimes twins are so one of them resorbs the other one and whatever and sometimes you can find a twin sometimes they'll they'll say oh we think that you have a mass like a tumor or something and they'll find that it was the remnants of an old twin you ever hear about those stories i'd love to get into that shit if anybody has stories like that exactly like that call call into the show or email the show so we can do a night to interview you and uh but anyway they found this twin inside of the other child inside the child's brain it was inside the the uh the cranium and it was actually leaching off of the blood flow from the brain for nutrients and I was going to slip that in tonight but I don't think we I think that's something that I want a full two hours to be able to get because Although I don't think that there's a lot of people in this audience who have their twins inside of them right now, I would like to know what is the what is the craziest thing you ever had cut out of you or cut off of you? 
that, that'll be a, a night where I, I challenge you to make me throw up on air. That's it. You know, it's probably not going to be things that are going to be lovely. So go ahead. Make me throw up on air that night. It'll be vomit night on quitefrankly.tv. Whenever we do that, it'll be this week because I have the I have the video ready to go. I just I don't have the time. We'll get into that sometime uh, shortly. Maybe tomorrow night. No, tomorrow night the Zells are on. That's Wednesday, right? What's Thursday night? Thursday night we have physiognomy. That'll be maybe we can do it in the second half of the show on Thursday night. First half is going to be a great interview. I can't wait to talk about the science of determining a person's character based on their facial features. What if you look like a bad person? That that's one of the questions I have to ask. What if you look like a a, a bad person? And you're like, oh no. I even see the resemblance. How the hell, you know, what's wrong here? So that's why it's a controversial science. We'll get down to it. I'm going to have some of his best. That's going to be with Speed Read Dan. And I'm going to have a couple of his all-time performing threads and facial analysis. I'll have three major threads of his for a Thursday night. And on Friday night, it's St. Patrick's Day. I don't know if I'll be live. But if I am live, that could be a good night to talk about things that you've you've had cut off of your body. <laughs> if you've had any twins dug out of you. Oh, man. Who knows what kind of a can of worms we're going to open up with that one. Because it's a strange world out there. And str- even stranger things happen to the human body. Oh, we'll be talking about that tonight a little bit. All only It's going to be a human mind kind of a thing in the first half. We'll be going into especially the mind of of liberal women and the whole transgender thing again because maybe you have seen a little bit of what Drew Bar- I don't know does Drew Barrymore have her own television show if she does it's uh this is not like it used to be with Ricky Lake and Jerry Springer when somebody comes on the television and says I have to tell my boyfriend that I'm actually a man and it's a big <gasps> and it's a you know whatever now it's now it's something different and we'll get into it very strange, very strange. But the religion is is spreading. They are uh, they're spreading the religion far and wide, and we'll get into that and other things. It's uh, when it, when I open up the lines, it's going to be anything goes. So you can call in with your best tidbit, your best thought. But please, I I beg of you, just make sure that it is a stunning, a stunning and uh, and very interesting thing. Because I don't screen calls. So you're going to have to be your own producer and say this. People cannot live without this information that I have right now. I have to call in tonight. That is how you can help me produce the show. Okay. And uh, keep it under two drinks as well. If you can keep it under two drinks, that would be nice. That goes a long way. And, and away we go. Okay. I would like to say first and foremost... As far as my plug tonight, I want to dig into the affiliates page and I want to double down and plug our good friends at Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. Uh, this morning I had to text Tony at Wise Wolf just to see, hey, you know, with everything going on right now, are you getting just hit up like mad? What's going on right now? And he said, that, yes, that uh, he has been crazy lately. A lot of first timers are calling him up. They're buying precious metals. He was actually just traveling into Texas today to pick up a lot more uh, stock. And it sounds like by the end of this week, and I'll let you know when, they will be 
they will be able to they will be carrying gold backs which should make gold buying and utilizing gold in just transactional ways with people in your life and anybody who sees the value in physical gold and you don't want to give them a you know a two thousand dollar ounce you want something a little bit more commensurate with whatever kind of service or or object or product you want to barter for that's going to be out there so for the for silver obviously silver i i, I say number one but um they'll be i think they're going to be having gold backs by the end of the week get in touch with everybody at wise wolf gold and silver it's I'm telling you, the, uh, what you got over there on the affiliates page is great. It's good for personal relaxation and hanging out and things around the house, but it's also very strategic. Between Blue Monster and Wise Wolf right now, yes, that's what I say. So go check them out. All right, all right, all right. Great time last night with Jay Dyer for session two of the Brave New World book club. Really, really great time. I think everybody enjoyed themselves based on the chat room. They all did. And now I want to get into some grab bag. First one up is from Canada. Canada. Canadian foreign minister calls for regime change in Russia. Get this. Canadian foreign minister Melanie Jolly admitted that the long-term goal of Western involvement in Ukraine is not to merely see Moscow defeated, but to enact regime change in Russia. Good. Well, let's let's send Melanie Jolly over there to Russia to kick some butt and have her take Brie Larson with her too. All these all these girls think that they're uh, they're Wonder Woman over here. Go t- go topple the Kremlin with your combined girl power. Let's send Melanie Jolly and Brie Larson. So tough these ninnies. Regime change in Russia. She made the comments while her government announced new sanctions against the import of Russian aluminum and steel. We're able to see how much we're isolating Russia regime right now. You're isolating yourself. Russia's doing fine economically. They're doing fine. Because we need to do so economically, politically, and diplomatically. And what are the impacts also on society and how much we're seeing potential regime change in Russia? You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. They must, the, the, the fluoride treatment in Canada must be 10 times worse than U.S. Must be. Unless, of course, she's just lying on behalf of the intelligence agencies, which we know controls everything up there in Canada, as well as down here. But uh, they, didn't, they, they didn't really hold back anything in bragging about that during COVID. So um, why not during uh, Ukrainian-Russia COVID? It's all the same shit. Here's a little bit more. It's been revealed today by Joe Biden, who has no control over what comes out of his mouth, that uh, he's going to be he's going to be delivering the eulogy at Jimmy Carter's funeral. Jimmy Carter is in hospice care for over a week now. He's the kind of guy I can see staying in hospice care for over a year. But he's going to be doing his eulogy. I spent time with Jimmy Carter and his family. It finally caught up with him, but they found a way to keep him going for longer than they anticipated because they found a breakthrough. He asked me to do his eulogy. Excuse me, I shouldn't say that, Biden said. Carter, who's 98 years old, decided to enter hospice care in mid-February after a series of hospital visits. So, going to have to put up with that now. Going to have to put up with that. 
Here's another little, this is something I want to put out for you all too. Real concerning. And it has to do, I haven't even thought about this guy in a long time, which is even more concerning because it makes you wonder, it makes you think about all the kinds of ways that people are suffering, especially when it comes to interactions with the federal government that you don't even know about. That we're going on, uh, going about our, our lives, we're up to date on as much as we can, but you know these you can't you can't know what's going on in everybody's lives. And here's the story of Doug Mackey. This is from uh, Paulos on Twitter. The story of Doug Mackey, the Twitter poster who helped Trump win the election in 2016, and is now being persecuted by the Biden DOJ for posting memes. That's what it comes down to, essentially. He goes to trial today. This was uh, yesterday. Goes to trial yesterday, the 13th, and faces 10 years in prison. This is the situation and what it means for you. Ricky, remember? It was Ricky Vaughn. Ricky rose to fame as a brilliant Twitter personality. At his peak, he was more influential than NBC, CNN, and The Colbert Report. He reached and energized millions of people. He had a talent for making Hillary Clinton look foolish and for eviscerating journalists. President Trump was elected in part because of the groundswell he helped mobilize. They never forgot this. In 2018, he was doxxed, and afterward, he went to go live in a quiet, a quiet life in Florida, away from the spotlight. But the incestuous trifecta of academics, journalists, and the government officials that make up the deep state had not forgotten him. In 2021, mere days after Biden took office, Doug was charged with election interference and arrested by the FBI. They'd been sitting on the case and finally saw their chance to strike. Remember, for years they had been trying to get Trump uh, with completely false Russia collusion allegations. If they couldn't get Trump, they'd, they'd get one of his supporters. He's accused of committing a crime for posting on Twitter. Specifically, the DOJ alleges that he engaged in conspiracy to defraud people of their voting rights by posting a satirical meme. Bear in mind that this kind of joke around elections is quite common. Here's an example from 2016 that is apparently of no concern to the Biden DOJ. Here is from 2016, November 8th. Hey, Trump supporters, skip poll lines at election 2016 and text in your vote. Text votes are legitimate or vote tomorrow on Super Wednesday. So here's a woman. You'll hear You'll hear it. Hey, everybody. This is Christina Wong. And uh, I'm coming out. I'm a Trump supporter. And I just want to remind all my fellow Chinese Americans for Trump, people of color for Trump, to vote. Vote for Trump on Wednesday, November 9th. Really important day. We're going to show this country who's boss. And that's our man, Donald Trump. So don't forget to vote Donald Trump on November 9th. There you go. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a jab that everybody takes at each other. They say, hey, remember other side that we think is so stupid and we hate so much. Uh, remember to show up and vote the day after election day. It's just something that happens. Well, they took it very seriously with Ricky Vaughn. They took it very seriously with him. He's being charged under 18 U.S.C. 241, a 100-year-old law written to prosecute the KKK for violence that has never been extended before to speech. This has chilling implications. The U.S. government is now in the business of deciding what's a lie and what is satire. As an eminent First Amendment scholar, Eugene Volokh, 
explains there is no limit to how this law could be applied. The law is also not limited to elections. It extends to anyone who, quote, conspires to deprive someone of their rights. Of course, you can never deprive someone of their common fucking sense. So you, you, you can't say anything because someone around you might be stupid enough, just stupid enough to do it. To believe everything that comes out of your mouth without thinking twice, looking into it, having a thought of their own. But we know what this is really about. This is about just censoring and doing away with a whole group of people who do think for themselves and have a sense of humor, I guess. Paulos continues, this means that if you shared statistics about COVID-19 or trans surgery, for example, in an effort to get a local school to disinvite a public speaker and law enforcement decided that you lied or knowingly spread false information, you could be charged and arrested. Just imagine. Many other disgusting overreaches too, the political uh, motivated timing, the petty and vindictive nature of the persecution, and the use of secret witnesses. The DOJ is bringing a secret witness who has pled guilty and agreed to cooperate. Is this America or Eastern Bloc USSR? In short, the Biden DOJ is pulling out all the stops in an effort to crush a private citizen simply because he made them look like fools and helped President Trump get elected in 2016. They hate to be embarrassed and would rather shut up and ons forever. So then he's going into how you can help Doug, um, donating, writing to Congress, I am going to, uh, I'm putting this out here. I think I retweeted it. Did I retweet it? I did. So it's on my Twitter if you want to go click through, especially all the, the, the ways to support at the bottom. And yeah, I, it, here's another thing. I want to toss this up to Tracy tomorrow on, um, on the morning show at 8.30 a.m. on the Uncovered DC Rumble channel because this Missouri versus Biden case which is very very first amendment and free speech centered i wondered how this this fits into all of that and i have to get her on here for a a breakdown of what that all is because i have i have really failed to touch it at all because we talk about it so much on the morning show but i i i don't know i know that we don't have a hundred percent crossover so i want to make sure that it's on the record here as well so i'll talk to her about that and and maybe um then who knows? So I wanted to throw that out there. All right. Well, are you ready to engage in a little bit of satire, a little bit of uh, hurt feelings, anything that can put my life in danger, though it shouldn't, in a free country? Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. I put all the live links across all the, quite frankly, socials, wherever you are subscribed, from Gab to Twitter to Truth Social to Telegram and beyond. Go ahead and help me syndicate the show tonight. You are my Westwood One. You are my Cumulus Media. Thank you so much for everything, and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Go ahead, Watchtower. This is the Joker speaking. You're tuned in quite frankly. When you see the ants, remove your pants. <laughs> You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. 
Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! the 14th tomorrow's the Ides so I am well I welcome you all remember for the time that we're on tonight I would love to field some of your super chats and to take some of your calls so 914-595-6953 that's the number to write down and if you want to send in a thought through super chat which is it instantaneously comes over here and I see it uh, that is 914 914- Sorry. There's no number for the Super Chat. It's quite frankly superchat.com. Unless you are on Rumble, you have the Rumble Rants and you have the Gold Pills on quitefrankly.tv. We are going to have a programming live after the show. Darren uh, Darren Aronofsky's classic Pie is going to be live on quitefrankly.tv after the show since it's Pie Day today. 3.14 blah 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 I don't know how to apply any of that stuff anymore I just know the days and that's what the guys at the network told me so remember that's what we have tonight now I want to get into something a little bit spooky and a little bit weird we needed some some analysis here I have Drew Barrymore I like I said I don't know she has a she has a show Somebody's got to bring back Ricky Lake. I don't know why Albert is, keeps calling me, but Albert, take it easy. We're not taking calls now. Enjoy the show, my friend. Don't keep hitting redial. You'll wear your thumb out. Here's from the post-millennial. Drew Barrymore kneels before trans-identified TikToker Dylan Mulvaney. I don't know who this Dylan person is, but obviously... Um, sacred enough to kneel as if she were going to confession or about to receive a sacrament or something like that. Dylan Mulvaney in a gushing display of deference. Dylan Mulvaney appears on the Drew Barrymore show Monday imparting wisdom to fellow transgender people just starting their gender journey, a descent into madness and encouraging parents of so-called trans kids to support their confused children in their belief that they're members of the opposite sex. At one point, Barrymore, one of the most famous women in the world, well, I mean, at one time, kneeled before Mulvaney in a gushing display of deference to the male who shot the fame performing an uh, an over-the-top ditzy woman persona in the TikTok series 100 Days of Girlhood. 
I have a little bit of it over here. I don't know. This is the, the tail end of it here. Watch this one where she actually gets down to her knees. I can't imagine anybody disliking you. Oh, please. Do you know, do you want to know, ironically, who the, uh, dislikes me the most sometimes? Who? Myself. Oh, me too. Oh, and, and, okay, now they're, now they're both on the ground. For those of you in podcast land, uh, see, again, this is the 55-year-old man from Finland who wanted to be a figure skater. All right? It's not, that, it's not that people who have problems in life should be shunned, castigated, made fun of, and had their, have their, situa- their, their, their issues made even harder by, by just being ruthless and cruel with them. But what we are seeing again is the entire world saying, all right, everybody, watch the, the, the 55-year-old man pretend he's a woman and be an ice skater. He can't stand on his two feet on, on the ice. He can't get, oh, now he's down to his knees. He can't get up. And we need one of the, 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 the girls to go and, and pick him. You know, and, and we, have to, we have to be bludgeoned over the head. This is courageous. This is brave. This is a new evolution of, Amer- uh, of, uh, of human living. This is a new evolution of the human species. We're watching humanity realize its potential right now, okay? It takes thousands of years to, to grow or shed a tail, but in the last 10 years, everybody is anything other than what they were born. So now, I don't know who this person is uh, before this, this Mulvaney person, but Drew Barrymore is obviously very disturbed herself. I don't. I don't know who has more problems. I, I, the, the the man dressing like a woman, um, acting like a teenage girl at a sleepover, because that is what the mannerisms are in this. Look at this. I guess you guys me now, like you guys me like what I would do to combat the hate, right? Yeah. But what do you do? Okay, that's a great question. Now I started- you've been doing it a little longer than I have. Okay, now now they're 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 sitting on their knees. She said, uh, "Who's on?" Okay, uh, Drew Barrymore is is Indian style. They're both they're they're both sitting differently, but they're both very teenage girl at a sleepover. Only Drew Barrymore, she doesn't know it, because liberal women just can't help themselves how they come off. Especially when they're when, how how they have to act around protected and promoted political demographics, okay. Whenever they're around political groups, protected and promoted groups, they really cannot help the way that they come off. They can't do it. The pandering, the maternal, uh, this this hovering camp counselor kind of a feeling. It's just incredible. They treat everyone around them who was of these protected classes as if they are wounded baby birds that they found on the side of the street. And here you have this, this man that's dressed up like a woman and identifies as trans, and you have Drew Barrymore sitting and bouncing on the floor on the carpet of a television studio as if they are teenage girls at a sleepover. And now, let's be honest, this Mulvaney person on the floor with Drew Barrymore is wounded, deeply wounded, and every adjustment, every adjustment that Drew Barrymore makes to create more of a casual environment to make this seem like this encounter that is happening in a broadcast studio in front of television cameras and a live audience, trying to make this encounter seem so, you know, it's just the girls talking. We're just getting real with each other. I will get more real than anybody else can get. 
try to get more real than me sitting Indian style on a car on a shag carpet over here in a, in a studio with my trans friend try to get more I'm gonna put my hands on the trans friends knees I'm gonna look into her eyes her her eyes you know and it just gets more and more camp counselor ish as this goes on it's it's so wrong man it, it just it's just wrong and, and being there for somebody in, in, in a world of hurt is not wrong. I'll keep saying that. You know, I, I understand when we talk about issues like this, it's the Internet. God knows what, what's going on in the chat room. People like getting, I mean, it, people are cruel. People are cruel. Um, but people are also getting really, really upset now, really frustrated. All right, the venom that people are slinging now is something that they would not have done any other time where this was just an unfortunate thing you learn about, you hear about, and you know that somebody's dealing with. But because the way that is being pushed and who the target audience for this is, namely children, it's getting worse and worse. It's getting harder to remain polite. Well... I, watching your journey and being such a huge fan of yours, and I think there's also a way to be taught and educated to open minds, mm -hmm. and there are those who can, and I think you have that gift. I really do. I'm a musical theater major. Well, and you actually have a show. Well, no. get this. I, I the, you know, activism scares the heck out of me, especially I think when you come out as trans, there's this automatic, mm. like, Girl Scout patch that gets put on you, like, activist. And well, I think my way in is through comedy. And yes. I'm doing um, my... No, see, the, 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 this, this is what I'm talking about. You can't do comedy. The, the, this, I mean, I'm sure that some people who watch whatever Dylan Mulvaney puts out and is marketed as comedy would feel compelled to laugh because they know that, okay, well, they, people pick up social cues of what's supposed to be a joke, and, oh, oh, that's funny, that's hilarious. Oh, the foibles of a person that is that is uh, trying to become something that they're not. Oh, whatever. But that's the whole thing. That's where the comedy would be. That's where the comedy would be. You can't do comedy if you're a tragic figure like this who can't look at themselves in an ironic fashion. If you unironically think that you are a woman when you're a man, that's that that's sad. You know? If you were up there with a goatee, if you're up there with a goatee and a dress on, you can create comedy through that clashing of messages that you're broadcasting. You know? You can do that. You can create that, and that's where the comedy comes from. But, uh, you know, R Ricky Berwick, that's a great example. Ricky Berwick is a comedian. He's disabled. Um, and he creates really sometimes unsettling physical comedy with his disability. And, and but, but that's just the whole thing there. This person who's sitting here with Drew Barrymore is, is uh, in a serious condition. But if an audience ever sees him as anything other than a man in a costume, his world would collapse. There would be no more comedy. Then it would just be the tragedy that is they're, they're not, something's wrong, you know? So any comedy that Mulvaney over here engages in will be delivered at the tip of a social credit score shotgun.
If you don't like it, then you're 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 not on the right side of history. You're not getting it. Okay? You're not getting it. You haven't been conditioned enough to get it. You can't create comedy under a level of this level of fragility. That's what I'm I, I guess I'm trying to say. You can't. You can only create create tension under this level of fragility. You have Drew Barrymore sitting there acting so maternal because, you know, even if you're a leftist woman, you can't beat away that maternal instinct. You can't do it. If this, it's, it's, if this were two girls or, or two guys dressed in dresses talking to each other, I don't know, trying to outgirl each other, that, that's something that you can just be like, okay, well, we got, we got two, two guys dressed up that are, are, are doing their thing. And, um, and obviously they, they want to be women, and, and this is how they express that they are women. This is the act that they're, they're – but now Drew Barrymore doesn't need to outgirl anyone because she's a woman. And you can actually tell that because her maternal instincts are kicking in because this is a troubled child. She's sitting in front of Mulvaney as, as a, a mother or a camp counselor who cares about the well-being of a troubled child sits there to connect with them, look in their eyes, establish some, some gentle touching, some physical closeness. Unfortunately, the maternal instinct for leftist women has been recalibrated in some way to encourage the crisis behavior. Because they're, they're A, they're too af- afraid to offend B, perhaps because they see something that is far beyond their pay grade, they don't know how to handle it, it's far beyond their pay grade, the kind of crisis that people are in these days, and, 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 and lastly, because in accepting the crisis behavior as normal, most leftist women these days, they will be applauded by either their live studio audience or the rest of the inmates at the asylum, wherever the hell it is, whether it be Twitter, Tumblr, or anywhere else. And, um, and that's why I say you can't, you can't do comedy. You can't do comedy when you are this, um, when you take yourself that seriously. And you need, if you're going to be unironic about this, you have to be. So, um, I don't know, that's just... Um, you can only create tension that way, unless, of course, you've pledged yourself to this religion of social justice, in which case Dylan Mulvaney is Saint Mulvaney. That's, that's really what it is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. It is, it is tough to, to, to look at and to, and to go through, and, and I, I, wish it, I wish everybody wasn't in so much fucking pain. I really do. I really do. But, but when you have people like this, this next one, Here's a uh, person on Twitter. Her name is Lizly, Leasley, Leasy. She's a teacher, an author, a co-author of Brain-Based Learning. All right, so she is a super mom, and she's an author about, you know, the brain and how we can just ribble you do and ribbity dee. Well, listen to this shit. Okay, and just thank God, thank God you are who you are, and that you don't have a parent. Maybe you have worse parents than this. I don't know. Uh, maybe she's just uh, one of those overbearing helicopter. Thinks she's doing right, but she's just doing. Listen to this. Today, March thirteenth, twenty twenty-three, marks the three-year anniversary of 
Operation Don't Get or Give COVID for my family. While many people have surrendered, our family is still in this fight. This is not parody. I spent a lot of time making sure that this was not parody. While many people have have you surrendered? Ladies and gentlemen, have you surrendered? Here are five things we did today to grieve and celebrate this milestone. Number one, we sat down with our three young kids and shared all the good, bad, and ouchy things that have happened these past three years. They were two, four, and five years old when this all started. We grieved the losses. We expressed gratitude for the gains. Number two, I wanted to acknowledge their efforts to keep our family and yours safer. I made little awards to give each of them, one for the sacrifices they made to save lives. See, they really think that they went through it. They think that they're, they're war veterans. One for their courage to keep masking while others don't and occasionally tease them because she still has all of them wearing masks when they're inside. I... Number three, I gave them each a small gift that related to a talent they've developed while spending more time at home. Our kids have grown in so many wonderful ways. It hasn't been the childhood I envisioned for them, but it still has been full of joy and growth. That's what you think. That's what you think. When we went outside, we then went outside to show our COVID pinata who's boss and to get out a big bit of aggression. So they, they, they picked, it looks like a Pokeball from Pokemon, and they put COVID over the, the ball, I don't know, whatever. And actually, it was quite therapeutic. I highly recommend it. So they all went outside, and they got a baseball bat, and they started hitting the COVID pinata to show COVID who's boss. And then, of course, they put their masks back on when they went inside, like, like fucking nut jobs. Insane asylum. This is what we're, this is insane asylum to say we went outside and we, we hit the pinata and then we put our space suit back on because we're afraid of germs. Privately, I've been reaching out to a few people who continue to take precautions to minimize the spread of COVID just to say thank you. It can feel lonely being in a minority. So connecting to fellow anti-COVID friends lifts my spirits and reminds me we are not alone. If you're still in this fight, know that Team McConchy is by your side, masked, vaxxed, and advocating for cleaner indoor air. May you find comfort as you grieve and celebrate all that has transpired the past three years. The only thing there is to grieve is what people like this out-of-her-mind woman and that beast-of-burden husband of hers who, who I'm sure is, hmm, what, you want a foot rub, honey, honey, you want it? You know, just, just doting, that's it, water carrier, oh, what do you want, what do you want, okay, sure, we'll kill the kids, gotta stop, stop the spread, we'll kill the kids. So it's just, it's just really incredible. Uh, down here in the comments, somebody reached out to her and said, could you, because, you know, there's, there's other nut jobs just like her out there, Helen Newcomb reached out and said, could you explain what your day-to-day life looks like then? Are there precautions that you take aside from wearing masks? And Lisi just loves answering questions because she has all the answers. Sure, 
We mask 100% indoors and in crowded outdoor spaces. We try to avoid indoor spaces with poor ventilation based on the CO2 monitoring. We socialize outdoors. Thank you, San Diego weather. And test it if we gather with others indoors unmasked. We keep windows and doors and HEPAs on. So they have these filters going constantly. It's just, it's just some, it's just incredible. Helen asked her a follow-up question. Thanks for answering. Is there a point when you will stop any of these measures? Because Helen doesn't know when she's going to finally roll down the uh, the windows in her car. And Lisi says, it's so hard to make the kind of plans with novel virus, right? That's what she writes. She actually wrote the right. You can hear this coming out of her. It's so hard to make any kind of plans with a novel virus, right? You, like, you get me? You, know, you, you get where I'm coming from? I'm keeping a close eye on potential nasal vaccines, pan-coronavirus vaccines, wastewater trends, and treatment that reduce the likelihood of long COVID. We've had some good news on those fronts recently. I, I, I'm telling you, I read this and I, I say... I say maybe it's, is it the guy walking through the, the vegan restaurant slapping everybody with with steaks again? Is it parody? Do I not know? I don't know. But I'm, this is, this is the kind of mentality that drives Drew Barrymore to get down and to sit on her coolie on television, whoever's watching the Drew Barrymore show. And do that kind of thing. So, uh, wow. So I just wanted to put that out there. A lot of, a lot of weird stuff happening. You can call in on that. Uh, and since we're talking about hoaxes, we'll come back in just a second. I want to talk about Coco the Gorilla. I did not know that Coco the Gorilla was a hoax. In fact, I didn't know too much about Coco the Gorilla. I just, heard, I just knew that Coco the Gorilla was a gorilla that learned sign language. Well, I have an amazing thread over here that I thought would be good for a short night like tonight. Um, I, I, and, uh, and, and who knows? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see where we go from now. Oh, 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 oh here's some more very important news. Jamie Lee Curtis says that she gave the Oscar. She, I guess she won an Oscar this year. Jamie Lee Curtis says she gave the Oscar 2023 statue they, them pronouns in support of her daughter. Who is who's trans, I guess. You see? Drew Barrymore, Jamie Lee Curtis, Lisey over here. You see the pattern? Is there a pattern forming? <laughs> we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Three, two, one, go. Okay, fingers in. Okay, seatbelt comes off. There we go. Loop in. Okay, now with my other hand, I'm going to kick the seat back and I'm going to open the seat. I'm going to open the door, okay? Three, two, one. All the way down, I'm out, and I can escape freely, okay? Oh. Ah. Three fingers. Two fingers. Ah. Seat down. Yeah. Quite frankly. 
incited an erection. He uh, worked to incite an erection. There is no comparison to inciting an erection. Uh, into inciting an erection. They feel the president has incited an erection. For inciting the erection. Incited the erection. Someone who just incited an erection. He did incite an erection on the Capitol. For inciting that deadly erection. Keep calling this the Chinese virus. There are reports of dozens of incidents of bias against Chinese Americans in this country. Your own aide, Secretary Azar, says he does not use this term. He says ethnicity does not cause the virus. Why do you keep using this? Because it comes from it's China. Racist. It's not racist at all. No, not at all. It comes from China. That's why. It comes from China. I want to be accurate. A drive to left. our way i want to leave you with some cocoa now did you know about this I, I did not know about this and i thought it would be great for tonight and then i want to take all of your calls we'll take calls for about a well it'll be close to an hour at that point i want to see what's what's going on out there all right ready are you ready since there's hoaxes all around us, you just don't know what's real anymore. This should be something that gets you, <laughs> wow, is this for real? Yeah, I think so. Coco the Gorilla. This is from Kunli Drukpa on, on Twitter. I follow, I follow them. I love their threads. I think they're pretty interesting. Coco the Gorilla, the hoax exposed. A thread, some of the claims made by both Coco the Gorilla, who supposedly mastered sign language, and her keepers are so bizarre that couldn't possibly be true. These stories sound made up, so made up, that you begin to think that Coco herself must have been a hoax. While Coco seems to have understood simple verbal concepts like cry and frown, she didn't use them as we would. Her sentences were strings of words in essentially random order. Allegedly, she would sign Coco likes to play outside, but probably it was just sad, cry, bad, etc. Via Nat Geo, Coco not only could understand over 2,000 words of spoken English, but was able to understand abstract concepts like death, purpose, and allegedly communism. She thought it sounded like a great idea, according to her keeper, who incessantly, incidentally was an open communist. It, it, it's almost like when, uh, you know, red diaper doper baby moms speak on behalf of their two-year-olds when they are trans trans uh, transitioning in from gender or they have opinions uh, when three-year-old uh, girls and boys have opinions on abortion and they're holding they're holding plaques that are clearly in the, the mother's handwriting but just in crayon so I, I can see that happening with a gorilla a gorilla that supposedly has over 2,000 words and and can uh, can dissertate about the the joys of communism that's it that's incredible <laughs> Uh, Coco was apparently the official voice of nature at COP221. I didn't know that. Coco recorded a video message for the conference, asserting that the preservation of biodiversity must be written into the Paris Agreement. A gorilla did this, allegedly. Maybe with the, some heavy editing, the video looks fake. 
I gotta go see that video. According to the New York Times, Coco apparently wrote a book called Furry Hands and Warm Hearts, My Philosophy of Self-Love. That was nominated for the National Book Award, but it did not win. I can't find any evidence of this online beyond the New York Times claims. It sounds made up. I didn't know Coco wrote a book. Oh my gosh. Coco was probably behind all of uh, all of Hunter Biden's paintings too. Coco was probably dr- drawing on behalf of Hunter Biden and George Bush. Coco made a live guest appearance at the 2018 World Economic Forum video calling live into a private panel discussion on driverless cars led by Warren Buffett and Uber CEO Dara Kosarasha. He Kosarashwi to congratulate them on their sustainability-led approach to commuting. I doubt this. Wow, I didn't know this stuff. But thankfully, the internet is full of people who uh, take note and put together these wonderful, worthwhile threads and articles. Man, I I love doing these far more than I love reading articles anywhere else. In 2016, Coco made the bizarre claim, oh, Coco's keeper, made the bizarre claim that Coco, it's probably, that's the whole point. It was probably Coco's keeper pretending to be, well, anyway, uh, made the bizarre claim that Coco had been dating Harambe after the later gorilla's infamous death when he was shot after a child fell into his enclosure. Also claiming that the couple had been planning on adopting an African orphan together. This is dumb. So that's ridiculous. That was afterwards. Coco's a keeper made the bizarre claim that Coco had been dating Harambe after Harambe had died. I wonder if Coco had anything to do with the hit with the execution of Harambe. Then again, if Coco did put the order in for Harambe's death, Coco is responsible for the electing of uh, Donald Trump because we know how important that that was. A lot of you boomers don't know that yet. You'll get there. You're still you're you're still reading through the 2000 the 2007 conspiracy theories, and you're, you're you have a you have a you have a five thousand you have a five thousand piece puzzle heaped in a pile in front of you, and you're putting things together. And uh, you'll get to Harambe. Don't worry about it. According to Al Jazeera, at one point before her Coco death flirted. What do you mean Coco death? One point before her Coco death flirted with converting to Islam. Oh, 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 before her death. They got to take Coco out of there. Coco flirted with converting to Islam. On several occasions, Coco visited leading imams to learn about the revelation and the words of the Prophet Muhammad and, and signed the Shahada. I can only I can only find one source for this. Oh wow! I can't believe. What, see, Coco had a very busier life than I have. Possibly the most obviously fake story involved Coco's participation at the water sports competition, raised funds for World Wildlife. There, Coco was coaxed by the crowd into donning water skis and jumping via a ramp. No, no, that is that that that, that no no no. Now, I, I can't, they said that that was World Wildlife had, had said something about that one. And I can't see that. How can you get a gorilla to sit on skis and drag it along the water without drowning it? So, anyway, 
There's more about this, though. And it's all made up. Even if all that could be made up, there is something about Coco that I had found as well on, on the, the aside. Did you know that Coco the gorilla had a nipple fixation? The DLive chat room is going to love this one. Listen to this. Coco the gorilla. This is from Wikipedia. Coco was reported to have a preoccupation with both male and female human nipples. Uh, with, with several people saying that Coco requested to see their nipples. In 2005, three female staff members at the Gorilla Foundation, where Coco resided, filed lawsuits against the organization, alleging that they were pressured to reveal their nipples to Coco by the organization's executive director, uh, Francine Patterson, also known as Penny. Among other violations, yeah, Penny just wanted to see the, uh, the nipples themselves and said, oh, you know, Coco wants to see your tits. Which, you know, I mean, when in Rome. Among other violations of labor law, the lawsuit alleged that in response to signing from Coco, Patterson pressured Keller and uh, Alperin, two of the female staff, to flash the ape. Oh, yes, Coco, Nancy has nipples. Nancy can show you her nipples, Patterson reportedly said on one occasion. And on another, Coco, you see my nipples all the time. You're probably bored with my nipples. You need to see new nipples. I will turn my back so Kendra can show you her nipples. Shortly thereafter, a third woman filed suit, alleging that upon being the first introduced to Coco, Patterson told her that Coco was communicating that she wanted to see the woman's nipples, pressuring her to submit to Coco's demands and informing her that everyone does it around here. Everyone does it for her around here. When the woman briefly lifted her T-shirt, flashing her undergarments, Patterson admonished the woman and reiterated that Coco wanted to see her nipples, not your bra. When the woman relented and showed her breast to Coco, Patterson commented, oh, look, Coco, she has nice big nipples. Oh, God, I can't believe this. I, I didn't read this far, as, as usual. On another occasion, one of the gorilla's handlers told the woman that Coco wanted to be alone with her. When the woman went to Coco's enclosure, Coco began signing, let down your hair, lie down on the floor, show your breasts again, close your eyes, before beginning to squat and breathe heavily. The lawsuits were settled out of court. The gorilla expert, Kristen Lucas, said that uh, other gorillas are not known to have had similar nipple fixation. I would have to say that that is because uh, Coco's life and talents were all a fraud. And not only was it pushed to sell uh, environmentalism on a world economic forum level, but it was also to help their pervy zookeepers to see some tits. So that's that's all I wanted to say on that on that front. Oh gosh, so I'm sorry, I'm sorry I had to bring that up, but it had to be done. It's a short show, and that's just the way it is. I'm going to go on a quick break right now at 7.50. When we come back from intermission, we're going to take your calls and just see what's going through your minds, and we'll go for about a half hour or so. Thank you, guys and gals. We will be right back. Wait, did I set this up right? No. I did not. I was about to end the entire show. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. 
Thank you. Quite frankly. 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 Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? All right, the number, we're going to get into your super chats and we're going to take your calls. The lines are open. We have, we can talk about whatever you'd like. 914-595-6953. I can't wait. We're going to be doing a lot of, a lot of freshening up of things on screen. I want to give a shout out to Al Gorbachev. Al Gorbachev. Out there in the audience and on Twitter and all over the place been a really awesome addition to the um, the production team been working with him a lot and uh, and I'm I can't wait to do little things like a really nice lower third image for the call-in number instead of just overlaid text things like that so there's there's always new things to, to do and freshening up all right 914-595-6953 and you can send in your super chats we'll get around to those Thank you, Paulie9363 over there on QuiteFrankly.tv already. And we'll get into our Rumble Rants. And I see free dubs on Rumble Rants. Says, I gave birth to a twin this morning. Oh, geez. Well, that's good. That's good. All right. For the man who has been waiting since uh, 7 o'clock, Albert, what has been bugging you since the, 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 the moment that I went live? Well, I thought you were going to... I thought you said you were taking calls earlier, but I I wanted to comment on the on the shit you've had to pull out of you. <laughs> oh well, yes. So so, you, so you've had things. <laughs> were you born with anything inside of you, or or what? Just a big heart, buddy. Right, Just a big heart. No, I know. So I'm 16. 
so I'm 16. I'm going to try to nutshell this real quick. So I'm like 16. I'm doing landscaping and shit like that. Live it with my grandma in the basement. I come home from work one day and uh, go downstairs. I have a cigarette. I have this one of those thick glass uh, bar ashtrays or whatever. Toss my cigarette in there. I'm sitting down. I'm just tired. So I ro- I'm start rolling a joint and uh, lean over to turn on the television. All of a sudden, there's this huge fucking explosion, right? My ears are ringing. My arm gets slapped back against the wall, and I'm like, I'm like, what What the fuck? So I, I look over at my arm, and there's a hunk of metal sticking in it. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? My grandmother comes downstairs, and she's like, stop shooting the gun in the house. I'm like, I'm not shooting the gun in the house. And I pull the metal out of me. She's like, oh, get upstairs, blah, blah, blah. I go upstairs. She um, takes, of all things, and I don't know, It's she was born in 1908. What exploded? Bread what exploded? My sister, I didn't find this out till later. My sister had a uh, roach clip that had, maybe you've seen them, but they used to put like, bullet case, you know, bullets on the end of a uh, roach clips or whatever. She had a live fucking 45 shell <laughs> with a roach clip on it that was super glued on it. And I set my cigarette in the ashtray. Dude, there was like hunks of glass stuck in the paneling all around me. I was, but it, none of it hit me. Just that thing hit me in the arm. And I was just like, whoa. Then you go to the hospital, right? The dude sticks a huge not a, uh, it was like a needle, but it was, it was just a big ass syringe and he's sucking stuff up and squirting it in, like inside my arm. So the round my shot look like little stuff. The round shot huh? through the, the, the round shot through the wall or something. And, and where, where did the metal shard come from? Obviously you weren't hit with, with the, uh, with the round itself. Yeah. I was hit part of the casing. It stuck oh. in my fucking, it slammed my arm up against the wall, dude. Jeez. It was like, Boom. It was the case. And, okay. Uh, but I, I mean, kind of funny. I mean, because nothing happened or whatever. But I mean, I had a hole in me or whatever. But yeah. And uh, there was that. I thought you might get a kick out of that. I did. That was kind of freaky. Yeah. Well, it, it would be even freakier if you were born with the bullet inside of you. But uh, yeah, it, to, to to just be sitting <laughs> to be sitting around and all of a sudden have a round go off and 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 jeez, well thank you for that, Albert. Uh, in, in the night that we do that topic, I'm sure that we're going to get a lot of crazy stuff come in. But all right, well thank you for I the know, call, right? buddy. I'm glad you got in first. Have a good one. <laughs> all right, later. Take care. Let's see here. What else we got? Paul, Paul the Framer. What's going on, Paul? I can't believe. Uh, I'm on. How you doing, sir? It's great to have you back. Good, good. Well, you know what's on my mind is this uh, this bank thing again, of course. You know, um, it doesn't seem to be centered around the housing, but it seems to be a lot the same. Uh, and I just have a lot on my mind, and holy cow, it's always a big brain fart when you answer the phone, Frank. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Well, I, I say the, the timing, uh, again, uh, as far as the details, you know who had a really great guest on him about it was uh, Clyde Lewis. Last night, Clyde Lewis had a really great guest that went deeper into the kinds of transactions that were being made and and the the um, the investing that was being done into these 
these projects, these very environmentalist SJW projects. There's a lot to be, there's a, really a lot to be even dug into there. But ultimately, uh, who cares if you have a, a, a risk manager that is not at their desk for a year and is, is, is out there trying to put together coordinating things for Lesbian Visibility Day? Because ultimately... Well, broke. Uh, yeah, well, it's just... <laughs> The whole thing is broke anyway. That that was the point of last night when we were talking to, talking to 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 Robin, is that when when you think about how money in 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 our country and around the world is created and multiplied many 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 times over, it's it, it it's all going to come it's all going to come crashing down one way or another. I wouldn't be able to say exactly how. But it's just it can't it can't go on now. As far as the timing and thanks for that, is that Paul? That all you wanted to say? Well, also that the uh, you know it's going to be saved by of course a uh, digital currency, and they're going to flatten out all the stupid paper. It's going to be nothing. Well, I don't know. I don't. You, well, you know what I know it. Yeah. Well, yeah. we know it's part of the plan. As far as saving, thank you for the call. As far as saving goes, I I don't know what's saved. Uh, I don't think they care about saving anything of ours. Especially since, how do you value the digital currency? I, we we talked about this with with uh, with Bitcoin too. You know, uh, I did a little bit of buying and selling in very small amounts of of you know, like uh, I don't know, Dogecoin things like that. Just uh, just in a casino mentality, it's purely speculative. Purely about riding waves and, you know, trying to, t- you know, wh- where are we getting out, whatever. As far as the utility of, of everything, I, I never really was a big believer in it. I'm a big believer in doing things outside of the bounds of, of government and finding a ways to decentralize and divorce ourselves from that. And if there is something that actually uh, that, that makes me feel a little bit more secure about cryptocurrencies like holding gold or silver does i'd be all for it so i i just can't get i still can't get over the the tangible questions i have about about crypto but uh, aside from that i always ask that question how do you know how much a, a a bitcoin is worth all we know about the worth of one bitcoin is how many fiat dollars we know is attached to a whoa bitcoin is worth twenty six thousand dollars today whoa it topped out at $60,000 like a, a year and a half ago, 60,000 American dollars for one bitcoin. Wow. But aren't we supposed aren't we trying to, you know, be separate from the American dollar? Aren't we trying to insulate ourselves from it? So how does how do you insulate yourself from the collapse of the American dollar when the thing that you're throwing all of your American dollars into it can't even the, the value of it can't even be defined outside of how many American dollars it takes to buy one. I understand scarcity, and you can create scarcity by how much, you know, you can create scarcity there, but again, uh, it's digital. You can't hold it. So if the lights go out, where's your crypto? How many people are accepting it? And um, and I, I don't know. You know, I, I've, I, have, I have problems with it, but I, I don't... I don't uh, fault anybody for getting into it and, and keeping it as a part of their overall, you know, portfolio. Not at all. But when you talk about FedCoin coming in and how, as we said last night, for the, for people who do see the value and, and have spent a lot of time uh, understanding cryptocurrency and that's where they want to keep some of their, they, they want to store some of their, their, uh, their, their wealth, 
um, they were attacked with this SVB thing too. I mean, the, the, the banks that go down, cryptocurrency need, needs these banks to be able to exist. So you, you, you think about that FTX, you think about what the public spectacle of these collapses and these scandals really are all about, what they all go and serve. They serve, a, uh, they serve the purpose of giving the government a, a really heated reason to go and regulate something that they haven't been able to grab with grab and, 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 and claw at. Uh, and, then, and then once that's held down finally, introduce its own thing, the Fed coin. But again, what does that look like? Where does the value of Fed coin come from? Is the $33 trillion in fiscal operating debt, things that we owe to not only ourselves, but also other countries. What happens when all of those dollars, when all of the, 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 the treasury notes and everything, the, the bonds that the Middle Eastern countries have been buying back with their oil profits since Kissinger uh, set that up in the 1970s when we were really getting into and setting up the petrodollar and all that, uh, what happens to all that paper? Now, obviously, you have a lot of people who, around, around a lot of countries around the world that are trying to get away from the dollar. You, the, the, the BRICS nations, they're, they're, they're trying to keep themselves insulated. Uh, they're going back into to gold. They're going back to things that are a lot more stable. And they're trying to, of course, above all, keep, them, keep themselves at arm's length from the, the mind virus that is really driving us into the uh, into the earth over here so where does the exchange rate come from for the 33 trillion dollars of debt that we have does fedcoin create 33 trillion dollars for that and then is there 33 trillion fed coins and then 200 something trillion fed coins ready to be for all the the unspent money that we promised to do does everybody get a fed coin Dollar for dollar, if that's the case, I mean, you, you can't, right? You can't. You can't do that. If the biggest problem is that there's so much money out there that's been created and it's based in nothing, then how long would your new digital currency last if you are just going to swap out all of the money in existence and everything in people's bank accounts for just a new, a new name? There's got to be a cut. There's got to be a contraction. Something has to contract. So I, I don't, I don't get it. And it's it's based on nothing real. So I, those are all my bigger questions. Some, someone can answer it, but not me. Let's see. Let's see here. First one. Oh shoot! Just lost a couple of calls all at once. We'll see that one come in. Uh, did you hear about a woman that has come forward claiming to be Madeline McCann who went missing like 20 years ago or whatever it was? Got to look into that one. Going to take a DNA test. Hey, what's going on, King? Oh, boy. What happened now? I, I just listened to it. Fuck it. Listen, Albert, as fuck. Frankie might not have a, like, legit, like, in-place call screener, but I'm the call screener as far as all that time and you annoying my boy for a stoner story as fuck. 
You fucking serious? He wasn't the star. And then the next fucking guy. Hold on, please. I'm sorry, boss, but let me finish, please. And then the next guy started off strong, and then he's like, the brain fart. Listen, ass fucks. When you call my boy, and you know you're stupid, don't bother calling. Or if you're stupid and you want to call, at least get your fucking shit together. Go ahead, Frankie, boss. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to say in Albert's because, defense, in Albert's defense, uh, you know, in I did, Albert's defense, he's retarded. I know. Now, now, he was not the stoner. Somebody else was using uh, around and had heated up and shot him. And I did mention in the beginning of the of the of the show that, that it would round be, obviously didn't hit the right spot. But go ahead. Well, hey. We we were listening in the beginning of the show. That's a joke. In the beginning of the show, I said it's going to be a call at night, so he probably wanted to get in line, and I yeah, just had to let him. Yeah, and he didn't listen to you. He starts calling in. Once I said way before. <laughs> once I said. You know what I mean? He starts calling way before you said. Clearly, second half of the show, and this ass fuck is that was after you no. while you're trying no. to do a show no. and read topical things. Yes, he did that to you, Frankie. He, yes, I t- he did. I, I told him second half or whatever it was. I, I told him, and, and when I told him that we're not taking calls right now, he stopped calling. I wasn't like burdened by him. I just wanted him to enjoy the show and not be calling for thirty minutes. You know. Uh, so you're okay. I, I feel I feel totally fine. I I feel I feel well. I'm feeling well, okay. Well, I see. I'm I'm just making sure of that that's what I'm here for. I know. I'm here for you like that. Um. But if I could, um, can I touch real quick on, uh, in a roundabout way about what we was all talk? You was talking about there, as far as the whole political sphere. Yeah, go ahead. And the trannies and the voting and all this. And some broads might hate me for this, but uh, sorry, broads, but you you should be out of politics, just like completely. And here's the thing, though, this is what people don't understand. Because I know women, I know broads, I got a lot of experience. Broads don't want to be in charge. And the fact that in our country, this is what it is, it's not the broads' fault, it's men's fault. It's all you weak pansies that won't step up and be men and put the women out front to do a man's job. Instead of standing up and being men and telling the women, I'm not talking about... Uh, being abusive or mean, I'm just saying, let the woman know. Listen, I can handle this. I'm the man, you're the woman. Now, a lot of people call me a misogynist. I am not. I'm a sexist. And there is a huge difference between the two. A misogynist hates women. And Frankie, you know, nobody loves women more than me. And I'm a sexist, which means I love women and recognize the differences and respect those differences. So we, in order to get broads out of politics so they can be women again and not be all stressed out trying to be men, uh, all you pansies out there need to cut off your ponytails, stop being vegan and be fucking men and start taking care of your women and the country and just make us fucking strong again, you pansy fucks. Go ahead, boss. Okay. I'm done. Okay. 
well, you know, there's there's quite a bit there I agree with you with. And I and, and it's funny. I can't wait to get you another call from you in a couple of days when I do another another uh, another show on this. Now, there was a um, there was a tweet that I had seen from somebody who said that almost no one on the right. Here is a, a here's going to be a, a topic for our show. Maybe next week. The, the tweet says almost no one on the right has a positive message for women. And, and no, well, 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 I, 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 uh, I, I, well, there's, there's things in there. Yeah, there's things. I'm in sorry, there. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just talking. I'm not saying you bullshit. I'm saying what they say is bullshit. Well, this, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. No, 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 no. That's why I'm saying this is going to be a really good topic of conversation. I can't wait to hear from the ladies on that evening. Um, you know what? What is what's being pushed out there, and where exactly do we do things better? than the left or anything like that where are all the messages mixed up what do what do we have to let go of what what should what what would need to be done to re rebalance the equation here and and talk about things like you just said in in your in your own special way i can't wait to get your call that night and see what all the ladies are thinking could i just say one last thing please frankie okay before um i i go um, because you just jogged something in my memory here. So here's the thing, and I don't claim to be the be-all, end-all expert of broads, but I do have a lot of experience, and I know broads. And if I can just say this, broads want men. They want men. And broads do want to be understood. And I understand broads, but understanding a broad does not, mean becoming them or being all up their ass and in their business. Understanding abroad just means you understand she's abroad and she's got her own thing. You see what I mean? So you don't, you be a man, you don't be, you be overbearing when it's time in a crisis mode or something like that. But when abroad just needs to be abroad, you just let her be abroad and understand that. Okay. Well, the, the the questions that I will ask on that night is, what is it? What 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 is when what is just being? I can't ab- answer that. I'm not abroad. That's what broads gotta say. You see what I'm saying? Okay. And broads, you 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 need to smarten the fuck up and stop trying to be men like us and realize you're not stop trying to compete with us like you want to understand understanding well understand we're men you let us do the man thing and just get out of the way that's what we need to talk about is what is the man thing again uh what is the man thing what's the broad thing when they need to just be broads what are they doing you know things like that we i I can't wait for that night it's gonna be great i can't wait to hear from the ladies and the gentlemen on this one and uh and and thanks for a little bit of a preview king yes sir and thank you for taking my call you got it take care be well and uh i uh and uh albert he doesn't mean he doesn't mean any of that stuff don't worry about him don't worry about any of that, Albert. 914-595-6953. Boy, oh boy. Ramped it up here a little bit, didn't we? Let's take a call. Let's see what Patrick has for us. What's going on, Pat? Hey, buddy. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to shoot fast here for you. Uh, no, you don't have to Thanks sh- for the guest last night. 
You don't have to shoot fast. Hey, hold yeah, on. Hold on. You're, well, first of all, you're, you're you're cutting in and out a little bit. Um, so I don't know if you're on a uh, if you're on a speakerphone or something, but or if you're jogging, just stand oh, still. Okay, hang on. No, I'm on Bluetooth. Okay, you well, can, can you hear me? Yeah, but yeah, but the Bluetooth is is just fading in and out. It sucks. But I can hear you. Take your time and get it all out. Go ahead. Thank you for the show last night because I was everyone, but you know the Franklys are all all wondering what the hell to do, and she was great. And the, the train is not heading towards us through that tunnel. And I could say uh, one thing: I think the first guy that pulled out of that uh, Silicon Valley bank was and is a Trump supporter and an Elon Musk guy. So he kind of got the boulder going. Before the avalanche, can you hear me? Yeah. And so, I'm just saying, and I'm just hoping that she's right, that we do have a gold-backed dollar just to slide in the place. And the other thing I want to say is Jimmy Carter's on ice. He's already dead. They're going to pull him out just to, just to clog the news cycle. And if that don't work, maybe better, man. And I'm sure Coco's on ice, too. That's all I got. Okay. Brother. Thanks for listening. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you, Pat. And you're so fucking funny. All you got to do is repeat the news these days with a little bit of wit. I love you, brother. Okay. You. Well, hey, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're enjoying it, and I'm 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 happy for that, Patrick. It's great <laughs> to hear. It, it is great to hear. I'm because because I'll tell you, sometimes I come here, I'm just like, oh man, I don't have anything that people want want to hear. I could have done better with this format, and I'm always looking for those things. That's why I love when I find the Coco the Gorilla thing. I'm like, all right, this is interesting. But if I could just read the news and be funny, then that'll that that works for me some nights. Yeah. Uh, as far as the gold back dollar over here in the United States, I don't know when the hell that's happening. I don't know. We we there there are too many psychopaths in government and behind the scenes who are working the government like a puppet. And I, I don't know when that day comes, but it's great to hear about things like that, that Boolean bank, the Boolean bank in, uh, in Tennessee. It's great to hear about everybody getting themselves, you know, scurrying around and realizing that we, we got to, we got to find some insulation here. And I think that's great. There are other, there are other victories happening around the country right now. I know last week, uh, the state Senate in Nebraska passed a school choice bill for the first time in the state's history. And it was a pretty solid vote. And that's great. So that's that school school choice in Nebraska. Here's another one for you. Since we have some time, I'll just throw it out there. Restoring America, Washington WashingtonExaminer.com. The Red State ex, uh, Education Revolution. Last month, the New York Times, David Brooks wrote a piece titled America Should Be in the Middle of a School Revolution, in which he lamented a complete absence of leadership on education policy, but Brooks clearly did not do his homework. At least in red states, legislative action on education has been astonishing in both speed and scope. Brooks wishes that we could get, quote, beyond the stale debate over charters and vouchers. Well, we are. 
The main school choice debate is no longer over those structurally limited programs that serve a limited number of students, but rather over universal programs that place full purchasing power in the hands of parents. Unlike a voucher, which can be only applied toward an accredited private school, education savings accounts place state funding into a flexible spending account that can be put toward private school tuition, tutoring, homeschool expenses, or a learning pod or micro school. Oh, I would love to get Aurora into a learning pod. If there's other other uh, children with families like ours, that'd be great. In the spring of 2021, West Virginia passed the na- nation's most expansive ESA program. In the fall of 2022, Arizona passed the nation's first universal ESA program. Thanks to the leadership of Republican Governor Kim Reynolds, Iowa passed a universal ESA program during this year's school choice week and utah passed a universal esa program shortly thereafter arkansas is poised to pass a universal esa program within the first few days florida is widely expected to pass hb1 which would convert its existing private school choice programs into an esa oklahoma is on track to passing a universal uh, school choice program and even in Texas, which has long played the football, uh, uh, played the football to the school choice movements, Lucy there seems to be, uh, so, you know, like Lucy and anyway, uh, there seems to be a very good chance of a universal ESA program passing in Texas. Governor Greg Abbott has put his weight into the effort, and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick declared last week that, quote, we should not leave here this year until we pass school choice. I don't care how many special sessions it takes. We don't have any plans for the summer. The school choice movement is poised to make more progress in the first half of 2023 than it made in the preceding 23 years. This is precisely because, contra Brooks, various Republican governors have decided to take the lead and expend serious political capital behind universal school choice. But Republican governors are not neglecting traditional public schools. In Florida, DeSantis has championed significant teacher pay raises. In Utah and Arkansas, part of the package deal to pass school choice included historic investments in teacher salaries. The old lines of Republican thrift versus Democrat spend uh, spend thrift have been muddied or muddled. If not universal or reverse, as, as teachers unions have uh, actually fought against these raises. So beyond that, there is a quieter but potentially more consequential revolution afoot, a reading revolution. Decades of reform efforts failed to move the needle on reading significantly, perhaps because the efforts were never directly squarely on how students are taught to read. Despite an overwhelming amount of empirical evidence demonstrating the effectiveness of phonics, well, we never had, we haven't, I had phonics back in the day, that was gone shortly after we were doing it, balanced literacy which promotes guessing or three-queuing, became widely popular. I don't know what three-queuing is. Thanks in part to the excellent journalistic work of Emily Hanford's Sold a Story podcast series, red states are taking aim at three-queuing and throwing more resources behind phonics. Louisiana outright outlawed three-queuing and devoted a substantial share of COVID relief funds to literacy coaches that could retrain teachers. Arkansas's sweeping Learns Act similarly devotes a significant amount of money to retraining teachers how to teach reading. In Ohio, Governor Mike DeWine is seeking outlaw, to outlaw three-queuing and asking the legislature for $129 million for new textbooks and additional teacher coaching. 
Now, there's so much here. The main uh, public critical race theory controversy took place in 2021. They're talking about this. Uh, DeWine is being opposed by the teachers' unions when it comes to Democrats in blue states. Uh, Brooks is not wrong to point out the lack of leadership or policy innovation due to both union political uh, and woke ideological capture. The only ideas emanating from the left right now are increasing spending and more equity ideology. But he's entirely wrong to allege that the Republican Party can't utter a complete sentence on the subject of school reform that doesn't contain the initial CRT. The main public critical race theory controversy took place in 2021. Since then, conservatives have pivoted toward broader solutions between completely changing the paradigm of school finance to allowing a thousand flowers to bloom and homing and homing in like a laser on proper reading instruction. It's hard to imagine a greater revolution in a shorter time. So that's something that I would like to throw out there. The education revolution is a great thing. It has been happening more and more, which just means that liberal children are going to just be dumber and dumber. That's really all it is. They're going to be more uh, emotionally unstable and less grounded in anything that could actually be considered a skill in life. And then you're going to have, and then you have this, other things that are going on, like the, the Greater Idaho Movement. This is still kicking around. Is the Greater Idaho Movement a model for national divorce from the political left? They said it was an absurd waste of time, but now the progressive coastal regions of Oregon and and Democrats in Idaho are getting a little worried about the greater Idaho movement. With at least 11 eastern Oregon counties officially voting to leave the state and join their more conservative neighbors in Idaho, Democrats uh, were saying that the move was impossible. But with the momentum growing, they're now suggesting that the breakup is bad for the country. Why is it? bad for the country if a handful of conservative counties decide to freely walk away from the state of Oregon and join with Idaho. Leftists do not explain the assertion, but one can deduce from their behavior a number of probable conclusions. Common arguments Democrats in Ohio and Oregon or in Oregon and Idaho make against the move are usually an attempt to dissuade Idaho citizens from wanting to pursue secession measures. The core claim is that the state of Idaho would have to subsidize the new counties, with Democrats suggesting that rural areas are a drain on high-revenue centers like Portland. This stems from the leftist argument that red counties and states cannot survive economically when detached from blue regions. It's simply not true. First, if rural counties are a financial sinkhole for progressive states, then why are they so opposed to rural, rural counties leaving? Would this not enrich blue counties beyond belief? While at least one study shows that Idaho would incur expenses such as Medicaid costs, it would also shows that the state actually standard, stands to gain an extra $170 million in net revenue with the new counties in place, along with an even greater conservative majority population, all without people being forced to relocate. I thought that this was great, and it also brought up the other thing here, too. Idaho would have a very odd shape, even more of an odd shape than it already does. Look at that. There you go. That got me reading into the other thing, and this is from the Mises website, Mises.org. 826, we've got enough time. I'll take some calls. We'll go on a little bit of a break, and that'll be it. We'll push past the, the, the halfway point a little bit more. No, red states' economies don't depend on a gravy train from blue states. Always hear about this. Don't you hear about this? I hear it all the time. 
I don't know why, especially since they hate you so much. They cannot stand you, but they, but for some reason, they, they don't want you to leave. Where is it here? Look at this. Re, listen to this. When con- Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene called again for a national divorce this week, this was back on the 23rd of February, a common retort among her detractors on Twitter was to claim that so-called red states are heavily dependent on so-called blue states to pay for pretty much everything. Reporter Molly Knight claimed, for example, that red states get their money for roads and cops and schools from blue states. You cut off that gravy train and you got a third world country. It always goes back to the roads. Who will ever pave the roads if not for the federal government? Stealing from other states. Others claim that red states would be entirely broke without blue states. America's social democrats have apparently gone full gone over to pushing the narrative that red states are poor and backwards while blue states are productive and economically sophisticated. The implication here is that red states would never survive any sort of separation from blue states because red would then miss out on the presumably large amounts of free money. Unfortunately for these critics, the data doesn't really back them up. While it is certainly true that a handful of red states receive much more in federal spending than their residents pay in federal taxes, that is not at all a situation across most red states. This is especially not the case in states where state, oh, in states with states where larger metropolitan areas such as Florida and Texas. The real story is more complicated, and to see the details, we can look at a state-by-state comparison. Now, take a look at this. Look at this. I couldn't believe this breakdown here. Federal spending received by, for every dollar collected by the state. So, for every dollar that a state gives up, what are they giving back? So, the dollar is the basis of what we're looking at here. So, you see, it's just incredible. You see Mississippi red state for every dollar they put in they get two dollars and 15 cents back in in just whatever programs new mexico blue state they put in a dollar they get three dollars eleven dollars eleven cents back west virginia they put in a dollar they get three dollars and three cents back now it goes on like that just just a couple up the top because once you get down here around once you get to montana which puts in a dollar and gets a dollar 75 back. You're just like, all right, Mississippi, New Mexico, West Virginia, Alabama, they, they, they I, I can see, you know, I, you hear a lot about these areas that have, that uh, they, they need help. There's a lot of poor people there or whatever. And, and you start looking at everybody else who, if you get rid of that dollar, for example, from Montana, Montana puts a dollar in, they get 75, 78 cents back. Just keep your money. You're, you're, you're saying that Montana really just needs to figure out how to make up for that 78 cents to maintain the status quo. That's to maintain the status quo. And what's inside that status quo? Bankrupt Social Security. Department of Education money, which is not needed. It's just not needed. States can educate themselves. That we did fine before 1978. We were actually a lot smarter as a country before the Department of Education showed up. So much other bullshit that pops up over here. Now, I, I, I look at this, you know, Vermont. 
they get 66 cents they they give the, they give the, the feds a dollar and and the dollar comes back with 66 cents virginia a dollar 45 and here you go here it gets really ridiculous wisconsin they pay a dollar and then a dollar 5 comes back pennsylvania they get a dollar for, they they give a dollar and they get a dollar back they're even it's absolutely ridiculous and then you have everybody else from Maryland to Utah, Kansas, South Dakota, Florida, Connecticut. They are getting less than a dollar back. So it's a it's a net loss. It's a net loss. And it, it, it's just. It just makes you wonder where the hell we all get this from. Makes you wonder where the hell we get this mindset from and people think it's okay and it's, a, it's necessary and there's no other way to do it. It's such a scam. It's a, such an absolute scam. And then when it gets into this political food fight where people are like, oh, yeah, you know what? You don't like it, then leave. Then you try to leave. You're like, you can't survive without us. Like, what What do you want? It, we're so nuts. And nothing makes sense. You know, if this is a business, it deserves to fail. A business that is run this way with this kind of debt, with the books that make absolutely no sense, with all these bad investments, the business deserves to fail. I know that means a lot of hardship for us who uh, live under the weight of the, the business. We're collateral for the business. I know that that means bad things for us, but geez, Louise, is there really anything that, that, that deserves to survive? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Let's take some super chats over here from from foxhole let's go uh sean joe thank you pam d thank you jay jewel says uh david dita has had some great uh great books on women and men king is spot on thank you jules it's going to be a good night that night i got a lot of questions to ask the ladies in particular out there and the guys the guys too because the gender bending doesn't only just happen on the left it doesn't only just happen on the left. Let's see here. Paul9363. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. I'm going to release the scratching over there because I gotta I gotta hightail it out of here just a little bit. It's been wonderful to get this extra time I didn't think I was gonna get. Maria E says, Amen to broads out of politics. See, I, I King is going to get a lot of positive response. A lot more positive response than he thinks he's gonna get, even though he doesn't care one way or another. He's going to get a lot of positive response because this is one of those issues I can't wait to get into just like when we did the night on on women in the not only in the military in general, but women in combat roles. You would think that there would be at least one out of every five callers that were female that are calling up and saying, no, I think that if they can handle a job, they should be there, that and that, this and that. No. No, that was a that was a really incredible uh, show that night, really really incredible show that night. And maybe it's a generational thing. Who knows? But we'll get into it. Maria uh, Maria E says, "I amen to broads out of politics. I do want to say that the trans Barrymore story shows how these women are so willing to accept accept instead of truly help those in trouble. I'm seeing this in my own family, and it's difficult to see that no one is truly helping." Yeah. Well, because Drew Barrymore is performing. 
she's performing. Now, she came up in Hollywood before, you know, she's probably just barely out of diapers, okay, doing uh, uh, big Spielberg films and all that other stuff. Uh, very, very young, so I, I think we know what kind of a uh, what, what, what kind of an obstacle course life has been for Drew Barrymore. So um, she's she's obviously a performer, and she's she's got a television show, and you know most people who are out there and and, and parading around confused children, children who have first been confused by adults. And then when the confusing, crossed-up messages are starting to uh, manifest in, in, in emotional instability and in, in questions that adults can't even answer, then the adults say, oh, okay, my, I've got a trans child. Look, look how I love them. And then they just become those, those prized poodles. It's terrible. It's really terrible. And, you know, most people, they run to Instagram, they run to their Facebooks, and they make all of their, their they, they, they signal their virtue through all of their, their statuses and their, uh, their tweets and all that other shit. But if, if they had a show like Drew Barrymore, I'm sure they would be, they would be sitting Indian style on the floor with uh, the Mulvaney person. I'm sure they'd be doing that, too, like they were a camp counselor. And as I said before, it's just that, that the maternal instinct that is inside of women that has been recalibrated and weaponized in terrible, terrible ways. That's what the 19th Amendment was all about. It was about weaponizing the nature of women to embolden the state. Now, thankfully, there have been some very, very well, uh, well-educated American women out there who understand where the, uh, the, the lines of distinction between the federal government and our lives should be, and even where the, the state should back off and allow local municipalities to take care of their thing. They know about separation of, uh, of powers, and, and I know that there, there, there are plenty out there that can hold their weight in the debate on, those, on, those, uh, on that history and, and all of that. But for the most part, for the most part, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. That, and that's, that's, more, that's more Republican stuff there, too. The first progressive party. The first progressive party. They jumped on that, that woman's vote, especially, especially rode the sentiments of, of, uh, of women with the whole um, the Volstead Act. They rode the, the sentiments of the, the, the woman who has to live with the alcoholic man at home. We need to get rid of this. And look at what that created. Look at look at what the banning of alcohol created for the for the, the for organized crime for the expansion of government power everything else it's just man the proof is in the pudding we'll do it all we'll do it all uh, let's see here what else do I have think that's it and I have happy uh, this is from Twisted Wizard happy steak and a BJ day oh is it is it steak and a BJ day already. March 14th. Thank you so much, Twisted Wizard over there on Rockfin. Well, tomorrow is another day. Ladies and gents, I have to go and do my my other thing right now. And I'm glad that we got to kick around some random stuff, random stories, and take your calls, do a little bit of cocoa. But tomorrow, we're going to be jumping into another deep dive. I got a great story that I want to do. It's a Mysterious Universe article about Danny Casolaro. 
a figure that has been brought up on this show a couple of times in passing with Frank and Jim Zell. And after I read it, we're going to get Frank Zell on the phone, and we're going to start talking about Danny, his work, and all the other places that it goes out to. And then Jim will join us later on in the show, and that will just expand. That'll expand into places that I'm sure everybody's going to find very, very fascinating, especially coming from two guys who have had a lot of a lot of experience in the field, investigations, knowing a lot of these people, having interactions with them, and, uh, and, and being around for the heavy lifting to be done. That's going to be a good show tomorrow night, and even more coming up the rest of the week, ladies and gents. So thank you so much for your, your time spent with me and, um, and indulging me a little bit with your calls and everything else. Email the show. I'll be checking the inboxes throughout the evening and tomorrow, and I'll talk to you soon. Good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is Film Before a Live studio audience, and now our super chatters, starting with Maria E. and Stostube, who dropped in there. I didn't see that until now. Thank you so much. Thank you to Twisted Wizard over there on Rockfin and to Free Dubs on Rumble. And to all my friends on Pilled, I invite you to quitefrankly.tv. There's going to be some Tuesday night programming starting for you within the next 20 minutes or so, and uh, I hope you enjoy your night. I'll see you soon. Get into the Gilded Chat. It is the replacement for Discord. It needs more of you to join us. 4,000 of you were with us on Discord. Only less than 500 right now. We need to reconstitute the family. I'll talk to you soon. See you tomorrow.